Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily Daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com. That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. ChristopherMedia.net. From Asmacore Studios near Detroit, Michigan. It's unregimented. Gangsters, what's up, guys? And now here are your hosts. Welcome to a regimented number 305. I'm Chris. I'm Aaron. And I'm Rich. Oh, it's nice to be back. I miss you guys. Hey, welcome back. Yeah. The Three Musketeers again. Yes. Right? So, yeah, what's and going on? I don't know. How many debates were there in the time since we, last, since we were been, last on the podcast? There have been seven debates since last June. It like, doesn't seem like that many since last. You're right, but when you say it out loud, doesn't it? Doesn't it sound like a little much when you say it out loud? They're doing one every month. Yeah, right? it's the first month of, of. It's technically the first month of the election year. There's already been seven debates. That's ridiculous to me. And we're down to what? What? What are we down to? What are we down to? Eight, <laughs> four, five, like legitimate contenders at this point. Oh. Is it? What we're down to. One of the primaries? They gotta start. Uh, the <laughs> Iowa caucus, I believe, is like in a month. Okay. So a lot of this nonsense is gonna be whittled down. Huh? A lot of this is, is just gonna fall by the wayside. And we can get down to the good old fashioned nonsense of Republicans against Democrats. Yeah. So I, I don't know about like, you guys, but all I could find about the big story from this debate was what uh, Warren not shaking Bernie's hand because she's mad at him. Right. Yeah, they had a, a very stern talk and you know right after the debate and i'm sure msnbc got on the horn with its best lip reader so they could decode and have the you know all the hot juicy behind the scenes takes turns out that uh it wasn't even much that they said it this story got dragged out because it was there was a period of wondering about what they said and then there was a period of talking about what they said, which was, I guess, she said that uh, she thought that something that Bernie said was basically calling her a liar, and she was calling him out on that. And he came back with, like, you're the one who was calling me a liar, and then stopped us. So I was like, let's not do this here. And that was it. But that's the biggest story, huh? Well, I mean, not- congratulations for showing restraint when restraint's been in short supply for a while through this entire process so far. I mean, it, it, do you really... Weren't people on stage talking about policy and things they were going to do, but this is the best well, we can come up with from this? Here, here's why this is the, the juicy stuff, though, because I think most people are looking at this coming down to Warren and Sanders or Sanders and Warren. And I don't know... I'm imagining 
that I'm sure they've had this conversation, right? Or their people at least have had this conversation. And I don't know if you guys watch, you, you have never seen Veep, right? Because there's this, there's this great scene where like she goes to ask somebody to be her running mate. And then the way that she phrases it, he thinks that she's going to be his running mate. And so they have this, you know, obviously comedy ensues. But I, I think that's what they're going through right now. They're, between the two of them, because I don't think either one of them is going to run with, uh, with Biden, right? Can you imagine that? No. What does that look like? Biden and Sanders? Fuck no. First of all, Biden needs somebody younger. But with, with Bernie and, uh, and Elizabeth, I don't think you need somebody younger. You can have two old people because your diversity is, lucky you're getting a woman in there. Well, with either with any one of these pairs, both people are slowly slipping into senility. Aren't they all in their late seventies? No. no I, well, Elizabeth Warren just turned seventy, and she doesn't look it, and she doesn't act it, and and you know, Bernie has always been Bernie. I think I don't know. That's why these these claims. I mean, it's the same with Biden, though, isn't it? Like Biden has always been a gaffe machine. He's always said weird things and touched people too much. Yeah. And and now they're trying to phrase it like, oh, he's losing it. I'm like, no, that's the same Biden that it was on the ticket back in the day. And it was no problem. Yeah, me, me personally, I'm slowly drifting towards Yang or Mayor Pete. Mm. Well, I mean, good luck with that. I hope you get a chance to vote for him. Well, Mayor Pete's allegedly the leader in Iowa. He's allegedly leading everyone in Iowa. Yeah. Yeah, but see, that's what I keep hearing. I, there's, you read one article from one source bernie's leading in iowa well it's, you read another article from another source it's biden then it's Buttigieg, and it's, it's yeah, it like, depends where you called too yeah i mean right and we're following these like polls week by week i mean yes there's been fluctuation with everyone but consistently if you just plot that over the course of the however many months we've been following this shit now it's really three that are consistently on top it's Biden, Bernie, and Elizabeth. Yeah. So that that's all I'm saying is like, I think people were really latching on to what was going on with this conversation because they see it as representative of that struggle between the two of them or this imagined struggle of who's going to be on top. Is Elizabeth going to run? And would Bernie take <laughs> vice president or vice versa? I, I don't think either of them are making it. It's because yeah. the, the, the one through line you do keep hearing, no matter what, is Biden is always winning. Biden, in most polls, Biden is always the guy, and, he, and he's up considerably, too. But again, too, in 2016, well, no, uh, we learned Biden, polls were shit. Biden, Biden has been up there, not always on top. I think where Biden consistently comes out on top is being put up against Trump. Yeah, but I guess, too, we're, 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 we're talking about things, like I said, in 2016, we're proven to be... Uh, Wrong? Well, according to the hard data, mm. according to the hard data, Biden does better with with blacks than any other Democratic candidate. He, he's like Hillary. He's got a black aspect. friend. He got proof. He had a black friend for eight years. Well, but, you know, I don't know the science behind this this statistical stuff, but and I wish I could cite a, a source because I don't have the memory for that either. But I swear. If I did a little bit of, of digging, I could come up with the interview that I listened to. And this this guy was his, a statistician, you know, it was his job to track this kind of data. 
and he was talking about how we nobody really got 2016 wrong per se. It was just uh, a few small mistakes that were made that, and also our tendency to not want to believe what was right in front of us. Like this can't be true. And I mean, since then I, we haven't seen the uh, polling results be that far off. So all I'm saying is like this idea that we can't trust polls anymore. I mean, you never could. They were just kind of a thermometer that wasn't very accurate, right? It would get you in the neighborhood, and you could figure out what kind of jacket to wear. The way you're polling, too, if you're still using the phone, you're talking to, like, people collecting Social Security. You know, if you're still using it, like, to call people at their house phone. Well, a a big factor in the 2016 thing, this was in the, the interview that I was talking about, and I wish I could remember who they were talking to, but... He was talking about the idea that a lot of people voted for Trump and didn't want to admit that they would vote for somebody like Trump. Mm-hmm. And so the, the exit polls is what got them. All the people who didn't want to admit that they voted for Trump. That's why. So 2016 was just a blip, really. Our, our, I think our polls are that we you know read about in the news are just as accurate as they ever were, which is... Uh-oh. Can you guys hear me? Go. Yes, we hear you. Right. Just making sure it wasn't me that went away. Wow, what the fuck happened? <laughs> Deep state, man. Didn't like what you were saying. It seems to have uh, kept on recording, so I don't know. Well, no matter what, I'm still recording, so we're good on that end. But it, 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 one more thing about polls before we move on. The one thing I always got a problem, though, is like w- when you look at them, it's. It, why isn't there a standard? Why is it like this poll is like we talked to 300 people and this poll is like we talked to 1,200 people and this poll is like we talked to 125 people? Like, well, why is there not? Because a lot of these things, the sample size is so small, yet they're, they're, they're putting out these statistics. Why is there no standard on this? Well, I, that's a good question. I mean, who would set that standard and who would, who would police that? I don't know. Well, like most there's got to be some kind of governing body for things that pull right or something I mean, that the standard used to be just the idea of fair reporting but now you know you want to fox news wants to run a story about poll numbers and they can do their own poll and they can call 300 conservatives on their mailing list yeah. and well, that's... and say oh it turns out 100% of the republicans that we called still support the president but that's the thing though because of things like that you know, things the other way too. Anytime I read an article on a poll, the first thing I do is I scroll down to the bottom and I see how many people they poll. Mm-hmm. Because it's like we talked to 125 people. Okay, cool. Thanks. I'm not even. <laughs> right. This article's dead to me. I mean, I hear I hear what you're saying, but it it I guess it that would apply if you considered polls to be like a a, a public service, right? Right. Well, they're providing information. Isn't that a public service? Yeah. I guess just for me, I I, I would just use it relative to the the population. The politicians who are dumping money into these polls and are using these polls to leverage support from different groups by saying, no, I'm not as far behind or he's not as far ahead or whatever the fuck. They want them to be as accurate as possible. All right. Now, whether they are accurate or not, I think think does hinge, especially with 2016, does hinge on what Aaron, you said. A lot of people didn't want to admit they would vote for Trump. The exit polling was completely wrong in a lot of areas that it couldn't have been wrong in unless there was fuckery going on with vote, with, with, with stealing votes. People had to have come out and said, no, I voted for Hillary 
or whatever. I didn't vote for Trump and did. Yeah. I mean, that's just all there is to it. I mean, these, these things are, I think these are more useful to politicians because it gives them, like I said, it gives them leverage. They can go to the police union, you know, look, you can, you know, if you throw your support behind me, they'll give me blah, right. blah, blah, blah. I'm, I'm closer to this than, than I, than, to my opponent than, you know, and here's the proof, et cetera, And in et that respect, I don't think that they are concerned about accuracy in their polls. They just want the polls to show that they're winning so that they can show other people that they're winning. Well, I mean, if you want to be that cynical about it, and I guess you're going to be, it's, I mean, because it's like, it's like either, either, I mean, you can look at it either way, I guess. And either way, it's pretty cynical, to be honest with you. You got to rile up your base. I I, I, I kind of understand what he's saying. It's an Ouroboros, right? It eats its own tail. Uh, You take a poll on a group of people that produces an opinion that go- then goes on to influence a group of people. So and it, it, the accuracy of it doesn't matter, not to the politician. And I don't feel like I'm being cynical. I, I feel like this is rather practical. Uh, oh, I think it'll matter it, to politicians benef- this year. It's beneficial for them only to have, po- you know, if it's, it's a negative poll, they're not going to show anyone. So, Oh, for sure, yeah. Hey, felt, the, the person that's telling them... It, it, the, the person that's going to let their followers know that they're down 10 points is not them. It's going to be their opponent. Uh, I, to me, there's a, it, it just seems like it makes sense that if they're going to spend money and they're going to, they're going to put money into getting these poll results, they're going to want them as accurate as possible. If they don't and they just want them skewed, then they, wouldn't, they would just pay people to make up bullshit and fucking hide it behind a bunch of numbers to where no one's going to dig through and go, oh, this is ultimately a house of cards built on you know a bunch of bullshit right what's the point what's the point of even looking at this because i don't think they're concerned so much with accuracy as they are momentum but wait a minute stop stop and think for a sec guys i think it's going to matter a little bit more this election this presidential election than it's a lot more than last because last i remember a lot of people saying and hearing a lot of people say oh hillary's got this wrapped up it doesn't matter who to fight you can vote for stein you can vote for fucking nader you can vote for Casper the Friendly Ghost. It's Hillary's election to win. Don't you remember that all every single fucking Saturday Night Live skit about the debates leading up to the election? I mean, the, 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 the running joke was Trump would say something crazy and they'd cut to what's-her-face playing Hillary and she'd go, I don't even need to say anything, do I? Yeah, but Rich, you're under the impression the country has changed. It's, we're not different than we were four years ago. If anything, we're worse. No, what I'm saying is they're definitely going to be like, oh, the, you know, don't trust the polls, blah, blah, blah. You know what you see what I'm saying? They're going, to use, they're going to use it either way, one way or the other. If it says they're behind, they're going to say, these are skewed polls, this is not the truth, but we still need to go out, you still need to go out there and vote. Well, yeah, that's it says gonna... the Demo- Democrats are in front, they're going to say, well, don't trust those polls because it said that about Hillary in 2016, look what we ended up with. Yeah, but you know, it's, it's just going to, to me, that sounds like it's a precursor for either party for... I think we've all talked about this. No matter who's wins, the, the results are going to be contested, right? If Trump wins again, the left's going to contest it. If Trump doesn't win, the right's going to contest it. So either way, it's going to be that party laying the groundwork for that. I almost think Trump's. I almost think Trump's immune to polls because Trump just gets out there and says what the fuck he's going to say, and his base eats it up. Yeah, I mean it's. It, <laughs> that's how. That's why I laugh my ass off when I hear anybody who's a dyed-in-the-wool Trump supporter talk about a politician lying 
on the Democrats. And I'm like, every time Trump exhales, bullshit comes out of his mouth. Now all of a sudden you care? Don't act like you give a fuck about whether politicians. We're past that. We no, have every we're over the top of the mountain of that. Every tr- poll that shows Trump is down is, oh, that's you can't believe those polls. And then every poll that shows him up, he cites as if it was you know carved into a stone tablet. And I, yeah, as far as surprised, people, <laughs> and as far as people eating up everything that comes out of his mouth, I mean, I saw footage of uh, somewhere in Midwest, like Wisconsin or something, at his latest rally, and he's talking about dishwashers, right? And he's, I and I approved. New dishwashers. Oh yeah, I heard goes this. Nuts. And everyone goes nuts. And I'm yeah, like, and then he went on some crazy, some They've crazy got an jag. Sign. They've got an applause sign, and they are tossing circus peanuts to these idiots. What the fuck is going on out there? And he talks about how these new you've you've used them, the new wash dishwashers. You got to run it ten times to get your dishes clean. Like what the fuck are you doing? My Dishwasher's old as fuck and half broken down, and I still run it once, and it's fine. My my reaction was more of like, "This is a campaign rally." The fuck yeah, are you talking just, about dishwashers for? Yeah. I heard it, I heard an excerpt of that rally where he's like, "I'm not going to talk about toilets. We all know about toilets. I'm going to talk about dishwashers." And then he was the in his his, his cadence and his delivery sounded like he was wanting to do a like he's trying to do a stand up special. Right. And I was what's, like, "What's the deal?" Like, like he's up, there, like he's Lenny Bruce. He's like yeah. doing the set where he's on Johnny Carson, and you know what he's implying, but he can't come out and do his normal set. Yeah, it was. I just chalk it up to once more. That's that's just Trump. I mean, at this point, I'm. Just, well, I, I think somebody probably said, "Finally, look, why do you want to talk about toilets? All that? there's other things that use water. It doesn't have to be toilets." And when somebody sees you say that. Toilets are a problem because you have to flush them five or six times. They're they know you're saying, full of shit. They, they know that it's you. <laughs> a, the shits that you must take. I've seen what you eat. B, I know that you're a germaphobe, for you, so you're mummifying that fucking hand with toilet paper before it comes anywhere near your anus. That's if you wipe your own. You leaves a cloud what, deck that could be seen you from imagine? space. <laughs> It's just a full-time plunger guy in the White House. <laughs> right? He's uh, making like $125,000 a year and just stands there with the plunger. And you and know it's a gold Those are like Flintstones, like, it's a living. <laughs> uh, yeah. It, it, oh God. Good old Trump. Uh, whatever. God, he's just... Oh, God. Every time I... Like I, I actually turned back on NPR for a few times this week, and I, I had to listen to a few of his excerpts of his speeches. And listening to people quote him, like news people quote him, is one thing. When he starts saying it, and you're hearing him say it, you realize like this guy is a fucking idiot. Yeah. Like, hey, I was. A, I, there, if you if you love him because you hate. The Democrats, or you hated Obama, just admit that. Don't act like he's some sort of very stable genius. Unregimented. ChristopherMedia.net. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. ChristopherMedia.net. Unregimented. There is a bit of uh, debate happening on Twitter. Not too heated because it was all uh, NPR uh, people. But they were having a discussion about, well, because somebody had started it with the idea that NPR is normalizing Trump because they're reporting on him like he's a regular president. Wow. But no, they're and, a news organization, fuckface. And, and somebody else, one of the like anchors for you know the morning show was like, what do you want us to do? Like scream, like <laughs> run around in circles, wave our hands on air? Like what is it? What does any of that mean? Like, What's like the, the, the thing with Vince Vaughn, right? Like, what was he supposed to do? Punch him in the face? Right. When he, he was talking to him at the football game and, like, what, what was he supposed to do? What, what would anybody, would you think anybody, most people would just be polite, all right, how you doing? And as soon as he leaves, call him a cocksucker. That's what probably 99% of people would do if they were in the room with him. Oh, Absolutely. It's because he inspires in the 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 evangelical left, the people, the true believers on the on, on the far left. He inspires the same amount of hysteria that Obama used to inspire in the the evangelical right, the the the, the right wing true believers, mm-hmm. and they would like to think that if if you know B- Billy Bubba would like to think that if he was sitting at a tractor pull and Obama came over and tried to shake his hand. That he'd tell him, get get the fuck away from me, boy. Which I I don't Which, think. No, that. he wouldn't. He'd go, yeah. hello, Mr. President, shake his hand, and then call him a cocksucker behind his back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right, but I, I, I would implore you to uh to do background checks on your outrage stories because some of these are real and some of them aren't, right? The the Ellen and Bush story was definitely real because I follow a lot of these people. And I saw them tweeting about the two of them together. And that's how I heard about it first. And they were legitimate. Not, I shouldn't say legitimately outraged. I think it's, uh, I don't want to legitimize their ridiculous behavior. But they were honestly outraged about that. I didn't 
see the same reaction to uh, to Vince Vaughn and Trump. And I think a lot of that's just trolling. I think yeah. most of well, that I mean, was the, such the, a non-story. And I mean, honestly, probably not surprising the, to most people who are already familiar with Vince Vaughn being one of the rare conservatives in Hollywood. Well, yeah, so, what is it? What is it? What is it? Adam Carolla says, you know how I know I, there's a conservative in Hollywood. He doesn't offer his opinion freely about politics. Right. I've never heard Vince Vaughn just sit there and right. pontificate over and over and over about his politics. Right. What is it? He probably says something like, I don't get into politics. That's too personal. Yeah. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? Yeah. So, yeah, he's probably, at, at the very least, a center-leaning or, or a right-leaning centrist, which is, you know, a literal, literal Nazi in Hollywood. So, yeah, you know, it... <laughs> he probably keeps his opinion to himself. I mean, it's it. I'm sure there's plenty like that. I think the outrage came from the people who saw what happened, or not the outrage, but th this is this is what I really think happened. And I, I guess you could file it under trolling. Um, the people who saw the reaction to Bush and Ellen, mm -hmm. who didn't agree with that reaction, saw that Vince Vaughn had you know shook Trump's hand. And so it was like, oh, you know what that means? That means Vince Vaughn's canceled because you can't show any, you know, the, you, can't, you can't be friendly with the enemy whatsoever to these people and kind of jump the, you know what I'm saying, jump the gun on it. Well, that, to be and fair, the, the tweet it, that initially was, the first tweet was from the former editor of Deadspin, and he was, what it's, I'm sorry, I have to show you this, every single part of it. Like, okay, I get it. You're a fucking hero. Jesus Christ. Well, yeah, Deadspin is a fucking is yeah. They're a they're a joke of a fucking. Dead's the operative word now. Well, yeah, that that too. But I mean, that's they're like Kotaku or fucking Jezebel. Okay, whatever. Deadspin, we get right, it. And you're trying to fight my trolling argument with Deadspin. <laughs> that's like journalistic the, trolling. <laughs> well, I know, but he he's the he's the person who put the initial tweet out there. Is the the former editor? Sure. Well, it's it's like it's okay. I and I know. Aaron, you might know the name, but I mean, uh, the quarterback for uh, the New Orleans Saints, which, by the way, is where the, this happened. Is it Odell happened. Beckham? No, no. no. <laughs> that's the only foot, that's the only current football name that I know. I was going to say, I'm shocked. He, you, you did name a football player, though. It's just it's a it's cool true ass Bre name. It's a fucking cool ass name. I'm not, I don't even know what this dude looks like. I ain't fucking with Odell Beckham. He don't. He don't look like. Let's put a junior on it. Just no, putting no. a junior on it affect it. I, that's that's worse. That's worse. Oh, he okay. comes from a long line of motherfuckers. Because he's Odell Beckham Jr. Here's the problem. <laughs> he doesn't look anything like no, Odell. He doesn't. No. From Jackie Brown. You know what I'm saying? He's not that guy. He's more oh. of like, uh, he's more of a clown. <laughs> like he got into he got into a slapping match with a piece of uh, training equipment on the sidelines and lost on national TV. He looks closer to Prince. <laughs> <laughs> just taller <laughs> much well, you're, taller you're shattering my uh, illusions of football but no, Drew, Drew Brees, now I'm definitely not going to watch <laughs> Drew, Brees, Drew Brees who plays for New Orleans Saints and the game was held in New Orleans See, Drew Brees sounds him. like the dude that should look like Prince yeah. <laughs> that should be the skinny dude that's like super fast right <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. They got their it's, names mixed up. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> but yeah, you know, Trump and, and, and his trophy wife got a picture with, you know, Drew Brees and his family. And 
no sports people were upset about it because sports people don't give a fuck. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's the people coming in trying to 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 kick open the door and be like, oh that were like and people in the sports people were like, this is a non story. This is a story to you. Take your story and go to BuzzFeed with it. What Get the, the fuck out thing? of our ESPN forum or whatever the fuck, Fox Sports, because we don't care. We care about the game that happened on the field, not the bullshit that happened in the stands well, for a photo. Ellen and W. No, all those people bitching weren't sports fans. They didn't give a shit. They're watching the Cowboys game. Right. Oh, hey, the ex-president's here. Yeah, I, but no, I, I agree with you. I think I think it was the guy from Deadspin was trying to you know be stunning and brave. And the people, the people who look at that guy and go, "You're a douchebag," were going, "Well, I'm going to call him on it, and I can get some outrage clicks. That's always good. That helps bolster the numbers." And it became, and, and a very non-story became a blip on the radar story. You know, I because well, seriously, don't, don't discount uh, like foreign influence either. I and mean, this is right up the alley of the types of because. Not to keep digging up uh, shit that happened back in 2016, but when they talk about Russian influence, a lot, a lot of people thought immediately about you know stories slandering Hillary. But it wasn't really that. It was way more the gun issues and school shootings and anything that just got people riled up. Any issue that, that, they, that could divide people in any way. It wasn't necessarily just... Uh, attacking uh, one candidate. So, yeah, I mean, if I don't, if the Russians or whoever else wants to wants another uh, Trump presidency and a second term, then this is prime meat for them to throw to their uh, throw to the people. I, you know, I don't doubt that there's, them. <clears throat> I don't doubt there's people from these countries that are meddling that have an interest in one person winning over another but to be honest with you i think it's more just to cause fucking havoc and bickering and keep us at each other's throats because what what better yeah. way to weaken what better way to weaken someone you consider an enemy than just watch them set them set 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 their their immune system to fight against itself and watch them rot from the inside out and that's essentially what this shit does yes you know they, they're injecting us with aids and not yeah. that good Magic Johnson aids. Right, and this idea that uh, you know people make jokes about Putin wanting his money back on Trump. I'm like, yeah, he's probably really digging this. Like, first of all, I imagine Trump wants to see, or uh, Putin wants to see Trump reelected at this point. Because how is he going to deal with the person who replaces him if he doesn't? Well, my theory more on Putin is it's more like because it's the rest of the world's watching the orange idiot putin can do whatever the fuck he wants yeah another uh, another four years of trump means another four years of chaos in the u.s yeah, another four years he can do whatever the fuck he wants over there no one's really looking at him because we're too busy yelling at each other it's it's it's, it's, like, it's like a look over here tactic mm -hmm. well this is this is one of the things that you know when todd was doing his his uh, for lack of a better term series on you know propaganda and et cetera et cetera when i you know, one of the questions I asked him was, who is, who is, for lack of a better term, profiting from this, from keeping us at each other's throat? Who is, who is getting something from this? Because that's probably the first place, at least the first direction you should start looking in. 
as to who's pulling the strings. You know what I'm saying? And like uh, you every know, other country, uh, like well, yeah, pretty much anyone I mean, below us on the ladder would benefit. You know, but if the if if the question is, you know, who's doing this? And I, I think I think. I think I, I cannot remember. I think ultimately his answer when I asked him that was, "We're we're we're just as likely to do it to ourselves as outside outsiders are to do it to us." So does it really matter in the end? And I'm like, mm, yeah. no, 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 yeah, because because well, ultimately, well, human nature. You need an enemy. You need an you need an other to to set to get yourself against and. If you don't have one, you'll invent one out of your own ranks. You'll 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 start subdividing yourselves up until you finally have something that can drive a wedge between the group and split the group into two, and then you can go, okay, now this is the hill we're all going to die on. Because it it happens. It's it. All you can do is pick up a history book to see how it's happened. You know, study religion, anything, anything. And I mean, people need a common enemy. It's one of the things that'll bring them together. Although, I don't know. although together is a yeah. It's starting to become a very, a very loose term. Yeah. Is there any really together anymore? It's I'll fight alongside you as long as it's, you know, as long as I feel that you're, you're helping me with my cause. And in a minute you're not, then you're back to, I'm keeping an eye on you at least. And you're a piece of shit at worst. Well, I'm hoping that a lot of this is rhetoric, but you know, like we were saying earlier, we're getting closer to the primaries, and it's going to be whittled down to one team of candidates. And there's a lot of people that are right now still going. It's my candidate or nothing. Cool. Like, like if I if if Buttigieg doesn't make it, then I'm voting for Trump. I'm like, I don't know how that makes sense, but okay. Yeah, that makes no sense. I mean, who knows? I I hope I'm hoping that. The Democrats actually get their shit together once we uh, find our candidate. But well, yeah, no, it's, it's my turn to say to you, good luck with that. Yeah, <laughs> because what it's, we could kind of shift the gears into entertainment here a little bit. Because we'll look at the, this recent Stephen King tweet. We have more of the snake starting to eat the snake eating its tail. Well, I got kind of a different take on that than a lot of people that I've read their. Uh, their take on it um do you have the tweet that's what i'm i'm yes yes i'm looking it up it is see this is this tells me this should tell you what you need to know i looked up stephen king tweet and i have gotten more reactions and tweets about his tweet than the actual tweet itself on the first page of results it says, as a writer, I am allowed to nominate. And by the way, this is all about the Oscars. He's commenting on diversity at the Oscars. We've got to set the mm-hmm. table here. Uh, as a writer, I am allowed to nominate in just three categories, best picture, best adapted screenplay, and best original screenplay. For me, the diversity issue, as it applies to individual actors and directors anyway, did not come up. That said, I would never consider diversity in matters of art, only quality. It seems to me that to do otherwise would be wrong. And now he's canceled for that. Well, first of all, I think there's a, there's a, there's a big lie being perpetrated on, a, on on the Democrats by the so-called progressives, which is they're with them. They're not. These people, first of all, they're not progressive. They're they're regressive as fuck. They are they are just anything they don't like. Shut, silence it. Shut it down. Get rid of it. Ban it. That's not progressive. 
that is the opposite of progressive. They are not liberal, they are not progressive, and they don't give a fuck about the Democrats. These are the people who say, if it's not my candidate, then it's nothing. They would rather lose to Trump than, than hold their nose and vote for Biden or Warren. These people are not on your side. And if you keep making the mistake of thinking these people are on your side and catering to these people, we're going to for sure end up with another four years of Trump. And Stephen King made the cardinal sin of, and Stephen King is an insufferable liberal the older he gets about every subject. I mean, to the point where he has put out tweets calling people out like this. That's how come he's now coming back, crawling, sniveling, asking for forgiveness from these people and saying, oh, I, I'm sorry and I, I misspoke. And, you know, all these people who are nobodies in the grand scheme of thing are coming, coming out talking about, you know, he's ignorant and he's uneducated about this subject. Really? Really? There's a lot of things you can call Stephen King. Uneducated and ignorant? Yeah. Bad writer, doesn't know how to write an ending, you know what I'm saying? A little too over, way too over descriptive in his, in his prose. A lot of things you can say about the man. Those two things have never come to mind about the man, just to be honest with you. You know, I call him a hack before I call him ignorant or, or, or uneducated. Isn't he one of the most outspoken liberal celebrities? Yes. Okay. Absolutely. Just, just checking. That's what I don't get. That's, that's, that's where these people are not. Your friends, Democrats, if you are worried about beating Trump, they do not care. They will sacrifice the war to win these tiny little battles. Ask Napoleon how that works out in the end. Pick up a history book, folks. You want to beat Trump? You want him out of the office? Stop catering to people who do not give a fuck about you. They just don't care. How many, how, what do they have to do to keep proving it? What, this is just what I was talking about. If they, if they can't find an enemy... For the day, they will create one from their own ranks. Boom. Here we go. Right. This so exactly what happened. He King followed up with this with another tweet uh, a few hours later. It says, the most important thing we can do as artists and creative people is make sure everyone has a, the same fair shot, regardless of sex, color, or orientation. Right now, such people are badly underrepresented, uh, underrepresented and not only in the arts. And... Uh, a lot of people are framing that as walking back his comments earlier. It does I don't kind of see sound that. Like it. I don't see that as a, as a walking back at all. I see it as definitely a clarification. I and mean, let's break down the first tweet. It sounds like what his publicist talking, wrote it, honestly. What, is, what he's talking about in the first tweet is specifically what he votes on, right? And here's the problem with every time that we have uh, Oscar nominations come out now, we have to talk about diversity how many men and women are there how many black people versus white people and that's really the wrong question you have his second tweet clarifies it, uh, the first one in the respect that it has to that diversity has to be done on the front end there's no point in in giving an award to something that you didn't think was the best movie just because you want to see somebody of a different skin color or, you know, uh, yeah, that has a, a strong female lead. It cheapens what, it. it. What good does that do on anything? Yeah. Like, like, make more movies with more diversity in them? Absolutely. But don't vote with that in mind. I mean, it's just, that, that I agree with. Because, yeah, why? Like, it's the same thing with hiring. Like, interview a diversity of people. Don't, don't 
hire the one that you think other people will approve of. Hire the one that's the best candidate still. But it's the same with the Oscars. You know, you get more people up there. You're going to have the the more diversity you have in the entertainment that's that's uh, given to people, the and the better chances you are of having something that really connects with somebody, and, and that can really take off like a movie like Parasite did. But I think I think also part of the reason a movie like Parasite has taken off and other other movies from especially Japanese horror movies have have found such a dedicated audience in the West is because they don't pander to anybody. They're not they're not like, oh, we're gonna make this movie and it's gonna be so diverse. They just make a movie and they do their best to make the best movies they can. And if it just right. so happens, if it just so happens that these are countries that are overwhelmingly, you go to Japan, overwhelmingly Japanese. There's not yeah. a whole lot of non Japanese people in Japan. Not a whole lot of non Korean people. It's really funny people citing Parasite being included in the wards as an example of diversity. I'm like, that doesn't have a diverse cast at all. They're all, they're all from the same country. No, because you know what? You know what diversity has become? It has become, a, it has become a code word for not white. It has become a way to say not white people. Well, yeah, because, yeah. yeah. And just like, just like yes. people of color is a way to say everybody but white people. It's, it's, it's double speak to get around saying what you really mean. It's, well, what you really bit. mean is I just I want to see more than just white males in leads in movies. And that's fine. That's fine. Then say that. Just stop trying to pretty it up and act like, you know, you're 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 you're, you're oh well people of color and diversity and you know the, the representation and no you if if people go into making a movie and all they're doing is trying to check the, the, the little boxes off to make sure they got their quotas. That's tokenism. And all that does is breed hate and discontent. Wait, you remember what was it? Two years ago, Frances McDormand talking about she's not going to work on any movie that doesn't have an inclusion writer? You're essentially talking about a list of quotas. Like, how ridiculous does that sound? I mean, if you're a good enough artist, people are going to want to work with you. I think regardless of all the social check marks that you could check off with, with, by being hired. You know what I'm saying? I, 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 who in their right mind is going to turn down a movie to start in a movie with Denzel Washington? Who in their right mind is going to turn down a movie? You know what I'm saying? Like, like if you are that good, who's who's going to be like, no, I'm not going to work for the Cohen brothers. They're, they're too white and straight. First of all, are we even sure they're straight? They are kind of strange. But I mean, you know, sec- like really, really, then you're an idiot. Then don't you know what? Shoot yourself in the foot for your for your bullshit. You deserve this. You deserve the hit you're taking. That's ridiculous. It's just as ridiculous. I'm not going to work for him because he's a black director. Well, then you're an idiot as well. And you can shoot yeah. yourself in the foot and fuck your career up over your nonsense. Let's let them do it and let the... Hey, you know that last Jedi, the one all the critics loved, the, the new Star Wars that all the critics loved? Let the past die. Let these people die off. Kill them if you got to. Okay? Stop trying to drag us back to your caveman mentality about this shit. We get it. Stop going. Stop, try, stop trying to force everyone to go into a movie and count. Oh, what check marks is this? Oh, how many black people did I see? How many people did I think were not but gay? But you know, it's a, a, a personal story here. Like, I, you guys know I'm trying to switch careers and I'm trying to do it in the entertainment industry. And because of the current climate, I now have in the back of my head, is it going to be harder for me to get a job because I'm a, a white guy? Thanks a lot. Probably not in certain demographics, like certain certain formats. Remember, I, I tried to ask. Remember, I tried to ask that question because 
I was, who was it? I cannot remember. But in specs, we had a we had a teacher who he played us his on air tapes, his air checks, and he was a black guy. And as 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 you know, Dave Chappelle jokes, he had his job interview voice on in his, on his air checks. You wouldn't have known he was black whatsoever by his air checks. But yet, when he played his air checks from when he was on an urban station, you definitely heard his black scent more. And I was sitting, I had my hand up, and I'm like, okay, so do you think that affected why you got hired at, you know, what station? Did you basically tailor, you know, your your demo reel to the station that you were applying for, et cetera, et cetera? And it was like, I couldn't even get the question out before I got jumped on, and I was like, fuck it, I don't even care. Whatever. All right, let's. We're all going to act like no one's hearing this, right? We're yeah. all just going to sit here and play. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're going to pr- play pretend, right? Fuck you. There's supposed to be a room full of adults, and we're all acting like children. Fuck every single one of you. And that's when I just said, I'm done. I don't even give a fuck anymore. Go ahead. I, I just let it go. Why? How is? That's a valid question. That is a very valid question. But just to, it's, it's but to get back to where we're talking. It's we shouldn't have to count. And I feel too. We we were now in this. We've now all been put in this mindset where we're just every word, everything we're doing, we're sizing everything up. We're counting how many men, how many women, how many white people, how many non-white people. Like, is, again, isn't that the complete opposite of what Dr. King was talking about 50 years ago? But the problem is, Chris, these aren't these aren't the majority. These aren't the people that are. These aren't. This isn't the majority, and this isn't the people who are going to ultimately do what needs to be done if you want it. Like you know move society forward. These are people who just want to dig their heels in and go my way or nothing. And it's, it's that, how, how does it, how does it move us forward whatsoever? Haven't, haven't we learned from hundreds of years in this country of, of, you know, puritanical Christian bullshit that when you dig your heels in and go my way or nothing, you basically stall progress socially. And all this is, is the same thing coming from the other side. So, maybe some gatekeeping needs to start happening. Maybe be like, no, we're not letting you in with your bullshit. Get out of here with your nonsense. We got this. Adults are handling this. Go no. sit in the corner and pout and post on your fucking with your blue check mark on Twitter and leave well, us Now alone. you're minimizing youth culture, Rich. We can't have that. This isn't just youth culture, though. This isn't just youth culture. This, this is, it doesn't, you don't have to be young to, to get sucked into this bullshit. You don't have to be young to be sucked into any bullshit. I mean, it, it, like any like any good piece of propaganda, any good piece of brainwashing, it does have more than just a few grains of truth in there. You have to you have to start with the truth. And that what Goebbels said, any good piece of propaganda starts with the truth. The truth is, yes, there's a lot of inequality in society, in Western culture, in American culture, absolutely one hundred percent. Is the way to go about dealing with it? To turn everybody against each everybody else to the point where if someone tweets something that the people have to come out and get outraged about it and it turns into a fucking two day topic on the, in the twenty four hour news cycle, no. And and it, what gets lost is people with rational voices. You ever see an interview with Bill Burr when the a self proclaimed feminist goes to interview him and she goes, "Why isn't there more female comedians?" And he goes, "Don't pull, don't bring that shit to me. Get that weak shit out of my face." He's like, if you want, if you're female and you want to be a comedian, write jokes and go tell them. Yeah. Don't come to me expecting me to step aside and be like, oh, okay, I'm sorry that I, I'm successful. He goes, I've, I got on stage and bombed just like everybody else did and figured out my material. It's time for you to do the same. End of story. Like, because the question, it was, a, it, was, it was a got you question. Why aren't there more female comedians? I don't know. 
Because more com- female comedians don't get up on stage at open mic nights. It's also a gotcha question because there's no right answer to it. Yeah. Right? No matter what answer he gives, he's fucked. As Even if, though yes, it's as true Bill that there are the more answer. male comedians than female comedians, any answer to as uh, that might lead to why would be sexist automatically. Have we, oh, have we lost sight of things like census data? There are two percent more men in this country than women. There, there, there are the, just numbers. There are more <laughs> of us. There might be more of us in some things than others. Yeah, but two percent really doesn't account for anything. Yeah, that's two percent of three hundred fifty million isn't nothing. What's that? Two percent's the shitty milk, Chris. Come on, man. <laughs> hey, that's that's seven million people <laughs> based on our population. Right, but it doesn't tell you there being two percent more dudes on in the U.S. doesn't isn't a reason why there's more males in any given industry. I'm just saying it's your numbers game. There's like, more of us. How come dudes are it, getting it all might jobs? happen. So they just all gang together and just bum rush the place until we no, get jobs. I'm just saying that there's more of us than you. It might happen in some industries. And well, also, too, here's another. Oh, you can't say this anymore. Our brains are wired different. We gravitate to different things. <gasps> well, I mean, that's, yeah. What, what are you thinking? Stop. Can't, well, can't say things like that. This is one issue me and my wife always kind of get into about like these commercials now about she can stem and i just sit there and i go we both went to school at the same time did you go did the boys go to math class and you went somewhere else did the boys go to science class and you went somewhere else because the last time i checked i was sitting next to girls in my math and science classes and most of the time the person with the highest grade in both classes was a girl it, boom thank you yes yeah i but here's the thing if if you're a girl and math you're good at math let's say you're good at math but it doesn't interest you as a career to pursue you know engineering or something like that okay great then find something that that, that does interest you and and go with it i don't understand like what like well she'll always tell you too society wants to start women into different things and i say well bullshit for because the last 30 years last two generations we've been told we've been telling every kid that they can be whatever the fuck they want so put that argument away okay what society is pushing kids into different things like maybe in the 50s and 60s maybe even the 70s we were but i mean we're not that far away from the barbie doll that said math is hard yeah but yeah but that's 50 years ago i'm saying like no it's not 50 years ago It was like 15 years ago. The math is hard, Barbie doll. You lost me on that one, but I'm having yeah. having worked at a Toys R Us stock. I'm not shocked. I'm really not because there's the newer Barbies are for the kids. The ones that like would then there's Barbies that are for the old ladies who haven't given up their child. <laughs> I guess that's like the uh, the highly detailed action Star Wars action figures for us nerds. You know, it's like the collector's versions of these Barbies. And I can picture one that said, math is hard. Like, yeah, okay. It sounds like Malibu Stacy, though. I'm just I'm just being honest with you, man. Are you sure you ain't getting the Simpsons mixed up in here? Actually, it, it, it and Aaron, just because we're old and it could be, oh, you know, 15 years or 30. It was 92. But, yeah, you're right. It, we, yeah. <laughs> but still. Yeah, like I said, 15 years. What? <laughs> 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 well I, look he here's the thing first of all 
if if you're if you're going to vote on something like a screenplay, et cetera, et cetera, don't you automatically walk into the situation understand understanding that the voters are pretty much giving their subjective opinion on this? Because one screenplay it's could art, be yeah. amazing to subjective. you and be and be shitty to me. Stop trying to put such black and white objective standards on something that's subjective. And this has nothing to do with 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 you know Twitter outrage or the you know the 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 so-called progressive culture or whatever. This is just people being ignorant about art. I mean, to me, I've said it many times before on this show. It's stupid to give awards away for art. Wait, you're objectively the best movie. I mean, you could say objectively, what maybe the best sound editing, something like that, like something that you can physically, you yeah, know, maybe I could see how you could get closer on the technical aspects, but yeah, I, I don't know if it exactly qualifies for as a, an objective fact, but that something one, that one sound mix or one score would be better than another. But something is, is, is abstract as words on a page that someone has to read and then start to ball rolling on the process of putting them to the screen or, you know, well, yeah, to the screen and everything involved in that. There's a lot of moving parts there. And I mean, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't know how they, what they do. They read the screenplay itself and they go, this is a good screenplay. I've read a few screenplays and it's just like, uh, I don't, it's not a novel. I'll tell you that it's, it's not, it's, it's not like sitting down and reading a really good book. Like I don't, I, to me, that's where a director comes in and he's envisioning stuff oh, in yeah. his mind as he's reading it. The surroundings. That's where someone like a Tarantino or a Scorsese, or you know, a director like that fills the world around the words with things that make it interesting to watch. Otherwise, I mean, you know, that's one. That's one of Kevin Smith's, you know, criticisms for Kevin Smith is that he just points the camera and shoots. Nothing interesting is happening, besides you know the the two guys talking or three people talking, especially his early movies. Well. He writes better dialogue than most people. Sorry. At least until this reboot movie. Oh, shit. I saw that. Whew. If you ain't a Kevin Smith fan, I'd skip that one. But that's for another day to talk about. That was rough. No, really. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Yeah. Well, I don't. <laughs> Unregimented. ChristopherMedia.net. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere 
and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. ChristopherMedia.net. Unregimented. I've seen, looking at the list of nominations, I haven't really seen any of these films. Did you see any of this shit? Yeah. Well, I, I saw the Tarantino film, which, I mean, if he gets an award for this one, then I'll just consider it a lifetime achievement because that movie was, well, first of all, how the fuck does Brad Pitt get nominated for supporting actor in that movie when he carried the whole fucking film? Brad Pitt is the lead of that film, and I know that DiCaprio plays the quote-unquote lead in the fiction as the the fictional actor, but he's not the lead of this film. He's not even in the end, and it's not a. Ba- mm-hmm. He could. He comes in at the tail end, but yeah, the the end is more centered around Brad Pitt's character. What what happens is the, if you haven't seen the movie, I'm trying to not give it away to you. Everything that actually happens in that movie centers around Brad Pitt's character. Yeah, now that I'm thinking about that middle part when he goes to the ranch, it's yeah. like, yeah, yeah. I thought what's, it was a cool film, but I like the idea of him winning best film for this, I'm like, yeah. Like I said, I haven't seen a lot of these other films, but... To me, to call it Once Upon a Time in Hollywood was exactly the right title because it's a fairy tale set in Hollywood. Sure. It's a, it's a happily ever after about a situation that was not happily ever after. And it's mm-hmm. set in Hollywood. So it's it's exactly what it says. Once upon a time in Hollywood. Um, the Irishman I saw, uh, I think it was more of a throwback to, to, to older Scorsese movies. It was it didn't have the frantic editing of The Departed, Goodfellas, Casino. I know a lot of people okay. said because of that, they found it boring. Me, I don't mind that. I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I love Goodfellas. Goodfellas to me is edited perfectly especially once henry hill and, and everybody it gets start getting coked out because you feel like you're on coke watching that movie yes you're like holy shit i need to drink some shoe polish and slow my heart down i'm about to od on coke and i haven't done it in 10 years you know uh so i thought it was a good movie uh joker here's my theory on joker i think joker's a a, a token this is this is i think all these joker nominations is to get the normies to watch the oscars I'm still kind of torn on that. I, I haven't even watched the whole movie, honestly. I, I watched like a, almost a half hour of it, and I just didn't like it. And then I, I gave it another shot. My daughter wanted to check it out, and then she got skeeved out uh, by it right after he shot the dudes on the subway. And I was like, well, I'll go back and watch it and at least see how it ends. But I haven't. So obviously, I don't care that much how it ends. Also, I know how it ends. I I think Joaquin Phoenix did a pretty good job bringing a. Joaquin Phoenix always does a fantastic job. You know, he didn't do a. He didn't do a. a, a, uh, Oh shit! Brain fart. Big brain fart. Brokeback Mountain, dude. Heath Ledger. He didn't do a Heath Ledger impersonation. He didn't do. You know what I'm saying? He didn't do a. A, a any of the people who had been there before done the Joker impersonations, but he didn't go so far to left field to, like Jared Leto, where you're like, "What the fuck are you doing with this character?" That's not the Joker. I don't even he know. He made it his own, is. yet he kept the essence of the character. Is that what you're getting at? His descent into becoming the Joker makes sense for his character in this movie, 
And considering that the Joker has so many different stories about his origin in the comic books, and you do, you really don't know which one is true, if any of them, I think it works as just a as a one shot, one off movie of this is a psychopath's memory of how he became who he was, and he is the most unreliable of unreliable narrators to the point where at certain points near the end of the movie, you don't it's the lines between reality and his his what's happening in his mind begin to blur severely. I think it works in, in that type of situation, like a, like a taxi driver, king of comedy type way. And I think yeah. it's supposed to be an homage to those type movies. And those movies are not for everybody. This is not an anti-hero movie. This is an anti-villain movie. He's not, he doesn't start off the villain, but he damn sure ends up as it. You know, he starts off just as another schlub on the street who's, it's not one bad day. It's not falling down. It's, you know, one bad life mixed with, you know, a, a, a system that, if, when it came to mental health, failed them, you know, fails a lot of people, to be honest with you. I mean, there's a lot of commentary in that movie that people, I think, missed. I mean, those two guys he kills on the subway, they, one of them, I was like, did they purposely get someone that looked like one of the Trump sons? Like, I'm not even bullshit. Go, go, go back and <laughs> really? look at that scene. Go back and look at that scene. The slick back hair, the one with the big ass horse teeth. I can't remember which one that is, the dark-haired one. I was like... They look like uh, extra from American Psycho. Yeah, except for not as pretty. Because <laughs> that was a bunch of pretty boys in that movie. I, went, I recently rewatched that movie and was like, God damn, there's a lot of people in this. And they were pretty when they were young. Like, these guys would have a hard time in prison. <laughs> the booty <laughs> bandits would be all over them. But uh, Marriage Story I watched, I... They, I Excellent performances. I'm not getting into, I'm not going to touch the fucking, uh, how that movie made me feel, but it elicited a very strong response. Mm -hmm. And if that's what art is supposed to do, then it's great art, but I never want to watch the movie again. Yeah, I'm, I like Noel Baumbach, uh, and I want to watch this movie, but I know that it's going to be kind of an ordeal <laughs> watching it. I heard there's, it's two people yelling at each other for two hours. It's going to be a lot that cuts close to the bone in that movie. So I have to kind of gird myself. Well, you know what? You guys are, there's a reason I don't want to, you guys are, you guys are confirming that you guys are both divorced and you don't want to watch it. And I'm married and I don't want to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm newly married and I'm enjoying it. Now, so, Jojo rabbit is one. I, I, I I'm definitely going to see to watch. Yeah, same thing with 1917 um, and Ford and Ferrari. Little Women, this is like, what, the eighth remake of it? Yeah. D mu yeah. Really? Must we keep remaking this movie every, what, five, six years? That, well, that's, that's the one right. that's causing the uproar. Missed it, me with that shit. That, Paris? that movie didn't get nominated for Best Director, so that, that's, that's one of the ones that's causing the, the, all the uproar about diversity. And, and Parasite is one of those movies that I'm going to have to be in the mood to sound and watch because it is all subtitles. Yeah. No, that, that, that will never happen in my house. I'm fine <laughs> with subtitles. My wife hates them. If there's subtitles, it could be like the best movie ever. She, nope. I got to read the whole time. Fuck this. No, I don't, I don't mind that. But I mean, if it's all subtitles, like it's okay. Whew, I got to be in the right mindset. Like this is going to be two hours of, I almost feel like when I see a movie in a foreign language that I don't speak, or in a language I don't speak, it doesn't have to be foreign, whatever, but you get what I'm saying. And I read it in subtitles that I feel like I have to go back and watch it again to see 
the facial expressions of how they deliver the lines now that I know what they're saying. You know what I'm saying? Like, I can't, I can't pay attention to both as closely as I'd like. Mm-hmm. It's kind of hard to take in and appreciate an acting performance when you're reading a novel at the bottom of the fucking screen yeah. half the time. So, I, like, honestly, but I, I seriously think this. I think Joker was, it, this was the Academy's going, the Academy going, this is to get people to tune in. Yeah, how do we get the Marvel crowd to watch this? I think it's probably going to go to Parasite or 1917, and I, I, maybe, maybe he'll win Best Actor, but I think that's all, unless it's technical awards, I don't really think Joker's going to win anything. I think I seriously think that's just a honeypot to get people to tune in. I really do. Even though I, out of all the women that are nominated, I do find this interesting. Scarlett Johansson is nominated for Best Actress and Best mm-hmm. Supporting Actress. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Which means there's no way they can let her walk out of there with both of those, right? Or, because of all the uproar, she walks out with both of them. Well, if she does, that's like saying, Meryl Streep, you suck. I mean, isn't it? Isn't it basically just like a... a like Meryl Streep, you know... It, it, Angelica Houston, whoever, whoever's considered like the greatest actress so far in history, hasn't done that. I mean, Scarlett Johansson, she's good, but I don't know. That, that's like yeah, that's like greatest of all time area, man. Again, I don't know about these specific performances because I haven't seen a lot of these movies. But Charlie Theron is who she's up against for uh, for leading role. Uh, Renee Zellweger. Uh, the woman whose name I can never pronounce, Sa- Saris. Oh, Ronan. Saris Ronan, the, the chick from. Uh, yeah, I know who she is. Yeah, what movie was that? The one, two. No, the one I got engaged because we walked out of. She was in Laurie Metcalf. What fucking movie was that? I don't know. I didn't see it. Uh, and well, for supporting really actress, good. she's up against Kathy Bates, Laura Dern. Ooh. Margot Robbie has a toss-up. If I'm going to base how good an actor does on how much of a reaction they get from me, Laura Dern needs to win it because I hated Laura Dern. And I hated that cunt in that movie. <laughs> Dude, I've there's both Charlize Theron and Laura Dern. I've never seen a performance of theirs that didn't affect me in some way. I, and I, would, I think I would they say- are both amazing actors. I would I would say the same about Kathy Bates. I'll put her in that I, category too. Yeah, I haven't seen I haven't seen Richard Jewell, the movie she's nominated for, but when I saw her in uh, Misery, I was like, oh, I hate this bitch. Like like kill her, James Con. Like <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> like hit that bitch with the typewriter. That's right, take that. You know, but but then when I saw her in uh, Primary Colors. I was actually like rooting for her, you know what I'm saying? Like she she I, I appreciated the, the the job she was doing acting. That's what I was reacting to, not her as a person. You know what I'm saying? Because she's not like Nicholson to me, you watch a Nicholson movie, especially the last thirty years, you're watching Jack Nicholson do a Jack Nicholson movie. I mean, let's be honest. About yeah. Schmidt being probably the only one where he stretched himself out a little bit, you know. That's why I think Joe Pesci might win for Oh, and uh, well, never mind. I was going to say there was uh, what was the other one? The '90s uh, big hit that he was in. As good as it gets. As good as it gets. See, I just thought he played Jack Nicholson with like OCD in that movie because I remember right. he was really particular. Like, but he was still kind of that asshole. All right. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Swaggering. 
It's the swagger that makes Nicholson Nicholson. But no, Joe Pesci and Irishman, Joe Pesci in a Scorsese movie, you think of a certain type of character. You think of crazy, over the top. <laughs> Shooting spider in the foot, trying to get him to dance. <laughs> Fuck him and his whole family. They're all fucking rats. <laughs> yeah, it's like... But I mean, I just, like... I love just the reaction in the, after that scene. Like, he shoots her with the foot and... Like, one guy gets up to help him, the other guys are bitching, like, we're trying to have a nice game here. <laughs> and when he finally, when he kills him the next time, it's like, he just throws her car, De Niro throws his car and says, God damn it, I ain't got any fucking lie. You're digging the fucking hole this time. I don't think a fucking hole. You think it's not the first fucking hole I ever dug? The fuck, I've dug plenty of holes. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean, Pesci's not that in this movie. He's much more right. reserved, and it's almost scary because it's like, oh boy, if he's that reserved, what you know what he's capable of. He's just not playing his hand. He's, you know, he's, he's keeping his hand close to the vest. I got a theory about this movie. You think this is the last hurrah? You think this is Scorsese getting all these guys together in this in a movie one more time before they start I, dying I think off? It's Pesci's last hurrah. Well, it's just they're all a, a couple of them are pushing eighty, right? Scorsese included. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like let's get them all in one more movie before we all start dying. I mean, I know it sounds yeah. morbid, but do you think that's true? I, I kind of do. I and it does. It, by the end of that movie, it feels like it capped off a certain era for Scorsese that started with Raging Bull, which was the first movie that De Niro and him, Pesci and and Scorsese worked on together. It really does. Like it, it's kind of a, you're not sympathetic. You're not sympathetic really to certain characters, but it ends on a note that's so melancholy. It's like, Oh shit. Oh, okay. All right. It reminds you that, Hey, this shit ain't forever folks. You know, we're none of us here. It's cliche, but none of us here are getting out of this alive. I I have every intention of watching it, but it's so I I respect Scorsese enough as a director that like I understand some of his beefs about film, and uh, I think he's has a certainly the track record to prove that his film warrants a, a sit down, right? I'm going to watch this whole thing and absorb it. I'm not going to pause it. I'm not going to get up and make a sandwich or come back to it tomorrow. So now it's a predicament of who has four hours I can borrow. (laughs) That movie is like three hours and 15, 20 minutes long, and it's every bit of that long. It's every bit of that long. It really is. Way to sell it to me, Rich. (laughs) Dude, I'm just being honest with you. Like, There's not, it's not, it doesn't like, oh my God, but it's not that frantic pace. And if you're, if you have that, if if your attention span has been MTV'd or Goodfellas and casinoed, you know, frantic editing with a Scorsese movie, The Departed being another movie like that, it's probably, it's probably not going to hold your attention. I can totally understand people go, I was bored. I go, yep, I get it. Some some people can't handle those type of movies. I under, I completely understand. That's just yeah. how it is. No, I'm not. I'm not afraid of being bored. Certainly, I mean, unless he's unless Scorsese has developed cataracts or something and can't see what he's shooting. Like, well, it's gonna look great. One of the things I keep hearing about this movie from more than one uh, source is apparently you can make his face look as young as you want, but you can't make his body not look in its seventies. Yeah, there's a scene where De Niro is supposed to be like, you know, a throwback to a young De Niro doing some 
Remember the stomping of 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 it, 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 go home and get your fucking shine box of that guy. Yeah. I can't remember his name. Yeah. He, there's a there's a scene that's supposed to be on par with that, and you're watching De Niro and you're like, Don't stomp too hard. You might you might start your gout and kick it up in, in another notch. You know what I'm saying? Like there's probably it, a guy behind him keeping him propped up. It's yeah. I was like, oh God. It just didn't look right. Like and if that was the best take and no one Scorsese, he probably pushed De Niro to do as many takes as he could, so that probably was the best one. I would have probably like we need to go with a tighter shot. <laughs> this 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 shot, you know, because it's a shot like, you know, from you know, farther away, and it really shows that that's a almost yeah. eighty year old man trying to kick a thirty year old man's ass. Well, yeah. Look, if we can put De Niro's young face on his old face, and we can put De Niro's young face on anybody, let's just get a body double in there. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Yeah. Um, the one thing uh, I didn't—I'm ashamed to admit this—I've not seen the two popes. I have no idea even what the fuck that movie's about. Mandy and I saw the first 10 minutes of it and we were done. I can't okay. tell the difference between any of these popes. There was the young pope, the two popes, and the new pope, and I don't know which one is which. Well, I think the, they released new pope and people said they had to go back to Pope Popola pope Classic. classic. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I know about the new pope. But uh, I'm holding out for Pope Zero. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Jonathan Price, I, that's homeboy from uh, Brazil. Say what now? Jonathan the, Price the wasn't movie. he in Bra- wasn't he in Brazil? Or am uh, I thinking? I don't know. I, it's I one know. of those where I'm like, I know the name. I know he was in Game of Thrones and like Glenn Gary, Glenn Wa- Ross. But I'm pretty sure he was in. Let me see here. Yeah, he was in Brazil. He was the lead character. Oh yeah, that dude. Is he the Pope? Apparently, he's he's one of two. Yeah, Anthony Hopkins is the other pope. Yeah, it, someone was trying to. Okay, yeah, uh, it's uh, the Nazi pope, Pope Benedict. Yeah, and Pope the cool pope, Pope Frankie, the pope who wore the black, yeah, black believe, Sabbath shirt. I believe Hopkins plays the cool pope, and the other guy plays the the Nazi pope. I Actually, didn't realize that that was him in Game of Thrones. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's crazy. Yeah, it's Anthony Hopkins is the Nazi Pope. Ratz- Ratzinger, whatever. Oh, it? yeah. It's funny because he looks more like the current Pope. It, Hopkins does. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. He, but he played the other Pope? That's weird. Yeah. It's Pope Benedict the Sixteenth. Yeah, retired in 2013. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's him. Oh, oh yeah. He, he looks like the Lord Vader. Every time I see the guy, I think of the Emperor. I'm like, Jesus Christ. Like this guy just looks evil. He looks like he, he, fuck fuck doing an exorcism. He didn't inject the demon in you himself. And that's that's enough of me pissing off of our Catholic listener base. <laughs> Unregimented. ChristopherMedia.net. ChristopherMedia.net. Unregimented. We got a little bit of time. Do we want to go to movies, TV? Because I know there's a big thing you guys kind of wanted to talk about. Oh, the Watchmen. So yeah. yeah, HBO made an, an announcement that they weren't going to be pursuing a second season of The Watchmen, and uh, I don't know. It, I knew already from having listened to uh, interviews with uh, Damon Lindelof and him talking about the process of 
making uh, Watchmen and the reaction to it. And this is a person who, when when HBO tossed them, they're like, hey, you know, we have the rights to Watchmen. Are you interested? His first reaction was, fuck no, I'm not touching that with a 10-foot pole. Because, because it's... Con- it's considered a classic. It's revered by Damon Lindelof himself. And it's kind of like, how can you do better than that? What is, what's the point? Yeah. And as far as I've ever read or heard, there's only been one person that, uh, Alan Moore has ever essentially gave his blessing to even attempt to, to work with the property. And that's Terry Gilliam. Yeah. And he said, if anyone could direct a Watchmen, and this is well before <laughs> the Watchmen Gilliam will be come out. Would be a horrible choice. I he love said, Terry Gilliam, but no, 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 I, 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 but this was his, you know, he said, if there's anyone who could do it, it's Terry Gilliam. And I'm like, I don't, man, I love I me some that. time bandits and Fisher King and all that, but I don't see it, but okay. You know, right. Because I think that, uh, I think that Alan Moore considers Watchmen to be absurdist. And I think a lot of people read it as very serious. Well, there's a video essay floating around on YouTube about how Alan Moore basically destroyed the destroyed modern comics inadvertently. Oh yeah, because you know the Watchmen was such a deconstruction of the stereotypical superhero that yeah. all these all these very poor imitators got stuck in the deconstruction part of mm-hmm. it and have been tearing down. Well, they they you know, misunderstood the for, base concept of it, right? And they were, or they were feeding into fans that were misunderstanding. They were feeding into fans that thought that Rorschach was the hero of that story, and so they went, "Oh, grim and gritty. That's what we need to do." Yeah, that's that's the other thing. It, it, either they got stuck on, you know, the deconstruction of superheroes, or they got stuck on the, you know, let's let's keep it down and dirty and all that shit. Right. Which is how you ended up with. You know, a lot of Frank Miller stuff, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, least- but back to uh, Lindelof, real quick, we can circle back around to talking about Watchmen itself. But he's said, even before this announcement with HBO, when he was doing interviews for the, the series when it premiered on HBO, he was very open about saying, I don't know if there's going to be a second season. And there would only be a second season if there was a solid idea for it. Because, as I was saying, he went into the process, like, first of all, rejecting it out of hand, but then talking to some other writers and started, and people started tossing around ideas about what they could do, and he felt like he actually came up with an idea that would work. And it, it was never made with the intention of there being a second se- a season. There's no, the story wasn't thought out past what we saw in that final episode. And I mean, if that's the case and he, he has kind of an open invite from HBO, but he can't, he feels he can't come up with anything to be a worthy season two, uh, then let it, let it stand on its own. I'm fine with that. Yeah. I mean, who knows if he has an open invite, but I can only imagine if he went, Hey, I got another idea. Well, first of all, he's like, when Damon Lindelof calls HBO, HBO answers the phone, yes, we'll greenlight your project. It's like that South Park episode. Hello, thank you for calling Netflix. You're greenlit. What's your idea? Yes. <laughs> exactly. And, uh, and you know, I, at this point, anything that he 
makes, I'm going to watch. I'm probably going to love it, but I'm definitely going to give it more than a fair shake. Well, there's there, I, I, the first few episodes, I think it was just because I was still in the mindset of Schneider movie, not original comic books. Mm-hmm. I think it was the fifth episode, the episode where you you find out where uh, Adrian actually was, where to me, everything just went kind of went click and every episode after that i was like okay and since then i've went back and rewatched the first four episodes and i'm like eh, i get it they're setting up the things you know setting up things but yeah it just to me it got better from that episode on the the first four suffer a little bit i think they're great but they suffer a little bit from uh, being overly concerned with turning everything on its head. Nothing is what you expect it to be, right? And yeah, I could definitely see. I could, yeah, I can definitely and see. It, and especially those first couple of episodes, you get this idea that, like, they're not really going to follow anything that, follow up on anything that happens in Watchmen. And it turns out they do completely. <laughs> you know, they, they tie it all together. But yeah, it was, it definitely started out as in like, this is not the Watchmen, you know, this is not going to be the same story. And, you know, maybe some of that was the, the trepidation that, uh, that Damon and, and his co-writers had with handling this material and knowing that if they tried to pace it and present it like the original Watchmen story, then they, well, first of all, they're not adding anything right they're just regurgitating and that you know they would suffer for the you know the the actual fans that they are counting on to tune in and spread the word about you know this show is actually worth watching are going to be turned off by that so i don't really fault them for for some of the the rockiness of the first couple episodes i think everything else was so solid the the directing certainly everyone's acting uh Everything else is so solid in those first few episodes that it, it can all be forgiven. Well, I, this is, we're going to get into spoiler territory for pretty much any part of the series at any moment with what I'm about to say. So if you haven't, haven't watched it, give yourself fast forward to 10 minutes or so. Uh, when you saw that he was on a moon in space and then you saw it was Jupiter's moon, first thing I, I said to myself, like I said it out loud, was he's on Europa. And the reason I said that is because that was a plot point used in uh, Alpha Flight by John Byrne. Okay. He, stra- he, stra- he, stra- he, stranded, he stranded Vindicator on Europa under the ice, and he had to get back to Earth, and et cetera, et cetera. And I was like, I highly doubt that's where they got the idea. You know what I'm saying? Because it wasn't, right. it wasn't a one-for-one exact. It, it wasn't even a, It didn't feel like a ripoff. It felt more like no, a, co- a coincidence. You know okay. what I'm saying? Than, than anything. And, you know, to be honest with you, there wasn't the, there was no super being creating a place underneath the ice of Europa for, for Vindicator in, in the comic book. It was, you know, he was literally underneath taken in by the, the life forms underneath the ice in, in Europa and nurse back to health type shit. Real comic book shit, for, especially like yeah. comic book shit. Right. <laughs> but it was just funny because, the one shot when they show Jupiter and he's on the surface of Europa, I was like, God damn, that is like, that is fucking close to that panel in that fucking Alpha Flight comic book. But like I said, I, I, it wasn't, I, I just, I didn't pick up on anything besides that that it was just like a coincidence. Or maybe, you know, I'm sure comic book fans worked on this. They were like, well, if 
this is your idea, then we'll kind of throw a nod to that in there and this and how we frame this shot. But yeah, like I, I said, I, that's a deep dive into comic book nerd. I'm sorry. And I, I think the, again, going back to the first couple episodes and the way they were presented, I think a lot of people came away from those as saying, Oh, this is going to be like an, an anti comic book show, right? This is going to be something that, pushes back against like the Marvel stuff and and it is and it isn't much like the original Watchmen is right like the original Watchmen is taking heroes that you know archetypes that you know and remixing them and uh, and doing doing stories that push back against the the glossiness of of superhero comic books but Watchmen is still a superhero comic book right still has punching and outfits and people flying and violence. I mean, it's all there. And, uh, you know, I can't remember. I was listening to a podcast where they were talking about it. They were like, referred to it as a comic book. And so somebody corrected me. They're like, no, it's a graphic novel. I'm like, motherfucker, first of all, there's no difference. And if there is a difference, a graphic novel is not a collection. A graphic novel was made to be one complete thing. Watchmen was released as a comic book, individual floppies that people could go buy, you know, from their local comic book shop each month. Well, not each month. It ended up being delayed horrendously. But yeah, it's it's still a comic book, right? And this is yes, it played with anti superhero trope stuff, but it was still a superhero show at the end, you know? And again, if you haven't if you don't want the ending spoiled, skip past this part. But yeah, they have the big battle. The spaceship comes down. The blue guy appears. Ship blows up. The world is going to fucking end. It checks all those boxes. It just gets there in this winding and very interesting path. And I would expect no less from Damon Lindelof. Yeah, like I said, ultimately, I, I really liked the show as a whole. And if it does end up being just... Uh, a single season on its own. I think it's a pretty damn good piece of art. So, yeah, you know, I, I, it definitely, it definitely went in some places that I was like, okay, I really wasn't expecting that. And it didn't do it in a ha ha ha. Gotcha. You know, like smart ass, like, yeah, we subverted your expectations for the sake of subvert, you know, subversion. Like, right. No. No, it, it ultimately it was serving the story. Okay. You know. No, it was fun and it did turn into one of those shows that it was fun every week to like, okay, I'd watch it and then I'd like watch a couple YouTube videos on people who were following it and give they give their theories or something like the first season of Westworld yeah. and see who ended up getting closest to what actually was was gonna happen. Cause I think it was about halfway through the first season of Westworld, someone goes Man, Ed, 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 uh, uh, oh, fuck, whatever his name is. Harris? Ed Harris's character and the guy from It's Always Sunny is the same person, man. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. And people are like, dude, shut up. How high are you? No, I, dude, you're wrong. Watch, watch. It's going to be the truth. And sure as shit, I was like, oh, shit. And the stoner guy was right. Maybe the, maybe the government does have a car that runs on water, and they're not letting us know. <laughs> Because it just seemed like the most crazy conspiracy theory to throw out there out of nowhere. I was like, really? Uh, and I started watching the show that way, and I'm like, yeah, I can see it. All right. All right. Fair enough. But, yeah. It's, it, uh, now, from what I've heard, is that the next up on the, we're going to take a 
already existing IP and add to it is a Lord of the Rings television show. Oh, yeah, the Amazon show. They've been working on that for a while. Yeah, I mean, as far as it's supposed to, I, I, unless I read wrong, it's supposed to come out this year at some point. Maybe I can fall asleep during that one, too. And then, <laughs> and then, uh, and then I just read this today. I don't know how, how accurate it is. Supposedly, there's going to be an HBO live action Green Lantern Corps show. Yep, it's going to be on their, uh, oh, what are they calling their streaming service? HBO Max or something yeah. like that? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, because there's some question as to what DC's long term plans for their streaming service was, considering that they are owned by, uh, what is it, Verizon? T Mobile? <laughs> no. ATT? I think, I think it's ATT. There you go. ATT owns you know, DC and it owns HBO and all that. And, and when news started coming out that HBO, well, that, I don't, this is all such a big fucking mess. Like there's already, why are they calling it HBO? Anything. There's already an HBO and you can already pay to have it streamed directly into your home. And it used to be HBO Go, now it's HBO Now, and now it's going to be HBO Max. And Right. And that, well, those are actually two different things that they coexist. HBO Go is if you subscribe through a cable provider and still want to stream. And HBO Now is just streaming. I feel like HBO hasn't earned the right to be this extracurricular. Right. You know what I'm saying? Just put out one fucking just put out one streaming service and just be Right. Just, well to to money the waters even more, there are going to be Warner Brothers DC properties that will have shows on HBO Max. And the Green Lanterns is one of them. Doom Patrol is also going to be one of them, which already had a fantastic first season on the DC streaming service, which I guess is going to continue. So that show in particular is going to appear on both platforms. I mean, they, they're they going to have to bundle this in some way, right? There's probably going to... Uh, They'll do the uh, HBO Max, and then they'll bundle it with the, the DC streaming service for a couple of bucks extra or something. Now, this needs to be the decade where they figured that shit out. It, it, it seemed like the last decade was the rise of all the streaming services, and this needs to be the decade where they kind of get it. <laughs> they, un, they unfucked themselves. Yeah. The streaming services unfucked themselves. <laughs> figure out what you're doing. Figure out how many are going to be for real and how many are going to be around. That way we can figure out how much we got to spend. Because right now there's just way too... Way too much. There's no point in cutting the cord because you're spending almost as much as you used to on cable if you get every streaming service now. Yeah, yeah, because uh, it, uh, I'm a PS View guy and it goes away here in like 14 days. And all all of the research I've been doing, I'm probably just going to end up getting cable with my internet from Xfinity. I think I'm going to mm -hmm. end up spending like the same amount of money. Well, this is interesting though because Xfinity is offering uh, what is it? Oh, it's called Flex, right? And Flex is a, like a little cable box that you hook up to your modem and your and your TV, and then you can get all of you can sign into your streaming services through that and have one place to watch them all through your TV. Oh, you mean like a Roku, like I already have. Right. Yeah. yeah kind of like that. Um, but they're all. But what's interesting about it? Because I actually got one and I like it. Ooh. But 
I only did it because it was free. I pay for internet through them, and they offered it free for internet customers that aren't also subscribing to cable. So Xfinity is uh, seems to think that the streaming services aren't going away. No, it just it's it's just more. It needs to be. We need to control the chaos. There is there is too much shit going on in streaming land. You know, HBO have one thing and put all your content there. It's yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if it's going to get. Uh, I think it's going to continue to get messier and messier, and eventually, then we'll have um, we'll have a third party service that will pop up that will act as an intermediary, right? And so you just give it a list of shows that you want to watch, and it'll plan it out. So you're like, okay, you want to watch Miss Maisel, so we're going to subscribe to Amazon for one month. And then we're going to cancel it. And then, you know, the last season of Orange is the New Black is coming out on Netflix the next month. So we'll do a one-month subscription. I mean, you could manage this yourself, but it, they're, they're counting on people just going, they're throwing their hands up saying, fuck it. I'm not going to try and go through and plot out my, what I want to watch for the next year and how I'm going to pay. I'm just going to pay for everything. Or I'm going to say, double fuck it. And I heard Pirate Bay's back up. <laughs> wow, there's there's a name I have not heard in a while. Pirate Bay is back up, and I don't even know they what are, left. They actually now, who knows <clears throat> who knows where these numbers ultimately come from? But the uh, mysterious person behind Pirate Bay has released some statistics for downloads, and you see it you see it steadily ramp up to 2014, where then it drops considerably, and that's where. Uh, their original servers got raided. People went to jail. Uh, it never went away completely. And then you see it slowly creeping back up. And it's almost to that high that was in its peak in 2014. Well, uh, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I, so, I mean, maybe I may, they, I may know something. I may not know about Pirate Bay, but yeah, it, it's a good thing. I, I, maybe. I don't know. Okay. What's the thing? It's a thing. Another, another, <laughs> well, <laughs> another part of this, not just, I think streaming took a hit, not just because of the, the Pirate Bay and other sites getting busted and shut down and things got a little harder to find, but at the same time, there are a lot of high-value streaming packages that were coming out. You could get into Netflix for less than 10 bucks and have a shitload of new shows to watch, and people were taking advantage of that. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's just going to continue to, to be. I mean, maybe they'll actually look at the the streaming, uh, the the uh, pirating side of it, and go. Maybe we should combat this by keeping our prices low. But I don't see that happening. I think I think yeah. pirate. They're just going to charge enough so that the pirating happens and is negligible. Well, I mean, there's always going to be a, a pirating like to a certain extent. Yeah. yeah, some people some people pay through the nose. Other people don't pay at all. <laughs> Oh, hey, oh! I, I did read this literally like thirty minutes before we. Well, no, not maybe like an hour. Excuse me. So literally an hour before uh, we started recording tonight, from some comic book resource website, you know, one of those sites, Taika Watiki has been approached by Lucasfilm to do a Star Wars movie, and I'm like, don't give him a movie, give him a series. Give him anything he wants. 
Well, I know, but he directed I mean, that that episode with the two stormtroopers that were trying to shoot the the can or whatever it was. Yeah, <laughs> and punching Yoda. Well, he was also the IG the IG droid. Yeah, I mean, you know, and then I, you know, he I was love some of the best parts of the Mandalorian. I I, I love that that that. <laughs> That uh, uh, what we do in the shadows mockumentary, that's a fucking hilarious movie, and yeah, I still gotta watch the television show. But but yeah, uh, I mean, I'm just saying, like, just give him something that like he can. If you're gonna give it to him, Disney, give it to him, and then get the fuck out of it and let him do it. I All think right? they know that. Uh, I hope so. I really do. They gave, they gave him a pretty long leash on Thor. He went out on a limb and uh, ended up being the best Thor movie. And completely changed Thor in the MCU. Yeah. He made Thor great again. <laughs> and he didn't even have to build a wall to do it. <laughs> did he, nor, nor did he need a red hat. Right. No, we're going to build a rainbow road. <laughs> yeah. All right, so is that it? Yeah. yeah we, we can make fun of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame next week. They're, they're always easy to make fun of. They're not going anywhere. <laughs> yeah. But, hey, I want to I wanna say it's it's nice to be missed. Uh, you know, I heard through the grapevine through you guys that people were asking, like, hey, what's going on? Is Unregimented Comeback? It, it, it's, it, it's good to know that while we were on our little unplanned hiatus that we were missed. So thank you, everybody. Uh, we won't let that happen again. You know, it's... Aaron and Rich kind of explained what's going on, and yeah, we'll just we're moving forward. Uh, we are on Twitter at Unregimented Pod, uh, and yeah, wherever you can uh, listen to your favorite podcasts. Jesus Christ, the the list is huge. Uh, Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spreaker, iHeartRadio. I mean, it's at ChristopherMedia.net too. If you just want to cut out the middleman. So thanks to everybody who's listening, and see you next week. See ya. Later, guys.
unregimented. ChristopherMedia.net. ChristopherMedia.net. If you like this show, please tell a friend. Please make sure to rate and comment on all your favorite Christopher Media shows. Please follow us on Twitter and like and share us on Facebook. You can subscribe to all ChristopherMedia.net shows for free on ChristopherMedia.net. Thank you for listening, and thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net. Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net.